Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 207 of the Mo Money Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse, and I'm thrilled you are back for another episode. And this one's good. I've got a mega superstar in the personal finance world joining me for this episode. I, If you're Canadian, you may know her. If you're American, you 100% know her. She's huge. I'm talking about Jean Chatsky, guys. Um, So she is a very popular uh, money expert in the US. Uh, I've known about her because of all of my American friends and also from going to FinCon. She's always, you know, doing a uh, kind of a fireside chat there. She's very well known and educated and awesome and just the nicest person ever. And I'm so excited that I have her on the show. Finally, I feel like I am slowly but surely taking off every single money expert in the world. They will all be on my show. There's only like a few left, I kind of feel, or uh, well, maybe a few that I actually want. You know what I mean? Some of them I just don't want on the show. Um, no. Um, anyways, so if you're not familiar with Jean Chansky, so she launched her Her Money Media and HerMoney.com in 2018 to provide women with information about money that they can actually trust. And uh, she's a award-winning financial editor of NBC Today. Gina has also, of course, appeared on shows including Oprah, MSNBC, CNN, The View, The Talk, and so many others. And also, she has her own podcast called Her Money. Millions have tuned in, and uh, she's received shout-outs from the New York Times, Yahoo Finance, and Refinery29. She's also the best selling author of get this like this is crazy 11 books and she's also an in-demand motivational speaker and she's an AARP financial ambassador and a fierce advocate for financial literacy and in 2015 she partnered with the PWC charitable foundation and time for kids to launch your money and in school magazine that reaches 2 million school children each month and her most recent book which we will uh, talk about in this episode women with money the judgment-free guide to creating the joyful less stressed purposeful and yes, Rich Life You Deserve is available now. And I will be sharing some details at the end of this episode on how you can grab a copy for free because I'm doing a contest. Um, so uh, before I get to this amazing interview with Jean Chatsky, uh, just a few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is supported by The Great Courses Plus. I think we can all agree that the best investment we can all make is in ourselves. If we want to grow, improve, and reach whatever goals we set ourselves, we need to learn new skills, and we need to continue our education on our own time. I know for a fact that if I didn't push myself to keep learning after university, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at right now in my life and in my career. If you're ready to take action, The Great Courses Plus is a convenient and affordable way to do it. The Great Courses Plus gives you unlimited access to in-depth, reliable information across thousands of topics, such as understanding investments, improving your photography skills, exploring the cosmos, and so much more. Not only that, these courses are all presented by renowned and respected experts. I'm talking instructors with PhDs here, people who are not only knowledgeable, but also skilled at communicating big ideas. Plus, you can watch or listen entirely on your own schedule from anywhere. One of my recent favorite courses is called The Art of Negotiating the Best Deal, which goes into effective techniques and strategies to negotiate personally and professionally. 
If you want to check out what the Great Courses Plus has to offer, well, right now they are offering all Mo Money podcast listeners a free month of unlimited access to their entire library. Just visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash momoney to get access. Once again, that's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash momoney to get one free month. Thank you so much, Jean, for joining me on the Mo Money podcast. I am so glad to have you on the show. You are... Definitely, in my mind, one of the top personal finance experts out there. And so it's kind of, uh, it's about time you're on the show. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. You're so welcome. So obviously, you've been in the game for a very long time. You have a very um, lengthy resume, a ton of books, and you also run your own podcast now called the Her Money Podcast. I'd like to kind of dive in a little bit to that because I find that so fascinating when I was kind of doing research on you. The just kind of the thought process, like you really did want to speak specifically to women and how there is a difference between managing money as women. Did you want to speak a little bit about that and what kind of inspired you to start the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things. I wanted to speak directly to women and I also wanted to speak for longer than three minutes. Um, Many people know me because I've been on the Today Show for 25 years, but I also did a radio show for Oprah for about three years on on, um, Sirius XM, did it every day. And I loved having longer, more in-depth conversations with people. And when that show ended, when the channel really scaled back, I just missed it. So as podcasting became a thing, I was like, yes, I am doing this. Um, And we launched the Her Money podcast specifically for women and hermoney.com, where we put out a bunch of newsletters just for women and we publish new content every day because I believe that women although we may not need different stocks or different bonds than men do, we need a safe place to learn and to talk about money. Um, And I know this because I've been out on the road speaking for so many years and I sometimes speak to groups of all women and I sometimes speak to groups of women and men together. And the feeling in the room when it's all women is totally different. And women feel comfortable standing up and asking questions and sharing the details of their financial lives in a way that we don't in a mixed audience. And so my intention with the Her Money podcast and with hermoney.com is to create that environment. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Because I I totally agree with you. I think that is um, what I've kind of uh, seen with when I'm just in a group of women compared to kind of a mixed group, why do you feel like us women are more comfortable talking about finances when it is just us women? Because the world is way too judgy. You know, the world is just judgmental and critical and we all make mistakes with our money. I, I don't know so much about your background, but I made so many mistakes as a young woman and am happy to talk about them anytime because I, I feel like managing your money is a life skill. It's not a, it's not a strictly financial skill. It's, it's something we all have to be able to do. It's something far too few of us are taught to do. And we're all going to hit bumps 
along the way. And so let's acknowledge them. Let's deal with them. Let's move on and do better in the future. But let's not judge. You know, I'm not going to judge what you want to do with your money. You shouldn't judge what I want to do with my money. We should all make conscious choices about how we want to use our own limited resources in order to make our lives better and the world better. But I don't, I don't, I, I think that's why it's so different. I think women together with women don't judge. Yeah. At least they don't judge with me because I'm going to shut it down. You are specifically a voice that is not judgmental, which I think is very uh, important because a lot of other, um, you know, in the past personal finance experts or authors, I feel like had a different tone. When I was just starting to learn about personal finance in my 20s, yes, I was learning things, but I felt like there was a certain judgment, like don't do this, do this. If you do this, then you're you're doing something wrong, which I found later in life. Actually, I have a lot of issues with money because of lots of these lessons I learned. You know, money has so many kind of feelings around it, like shame and mm-hmm. guilt. And I think us as women take that on maybe a little bit more than men do. And so I think that's really an important message that we shouldn't judge each other and no no one should judge us for how we choose to you know spend our money or make our money or manage our money yeah and and you know there is some right and some wrong or some better and some less better when we think about investing you know specifically women are sometimes a little more reluctant to invest. Research has shown we leave more money in savings accounts where it's not doing us as much good as it could if we put that money to work. And I'm talking about money above and beyond our emergency cushions. We have to work on our own feelings and our own emotions to get us to um, manage our money in a way that it it will support us in the future. But having a little empathy for why that happens, understanding why it happens, I think is necessary to help us get through the issues and solve the problems and do better in the future. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And even like specifically with the topic of, of investing, I feel like for the longest time, it did seem like kind of that boys club or, you know, women were included even in the conversation for whatever reason. And I I think definitely the conversation is starting to change, um, at least like that's what I've been seeing. So that's very good. But yeah, I, I've seen all of those stats that women are a little bit more protective and would rather kind of keep it someplace conservative. And I, I see that surprisingly with like a lot of women in their 20s and 30s where it's like, oh, I thought you would have had more information than maybe your your mom or your parents or anything like that. But no, there's still a lot of kind of feelings of like, oh, I don't want to lose all my money, so I'm just not going to invest. Or I, I don't understand investing. I'm not, you know, that educated when it comes to that, so I'm just not going to bother, which as we know, it's, it's, that's a terrible thing to do. It's like, we shouldn't just keep our money into savings. We need to look out for ourselves and our futures. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's a learning process and that's why I'm so glad there are podcasts like yours and podcasts like her money, because, you know, this is just how we, many of us these days, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm sure you do too. You know, I feel like I've got an ongoing dialogue in my head on a whole bunch of subjects and, and our podcasts, yours and mine, are, are continuing conversations about money. And I think that's part of learning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you also have uh, just a number 
of amazing books. Like when I was doing research on you, it was like amazing to see how many different books you have. Um, and you, your latest one is called Women With Money that um, came out. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that book is about? Sure. It is about, um, I wrote it now because we're at this inflection point where women are we have more money and more power than we've ever had before. And and that is only going to continue to grow. There was a story that came out yesterday in the paper about how we're at the point where women are now representing the lion's share of college-educated people in the workforce. And those, those educational trends that are continuing to drive that, that will drive more salaries, are just going to get stronger. Plus, there's the fact that women out live our spouses by an average five years. And what that means in terms of inheritance is that women will inherit twice, will inherit both from our parents and from our spouses that will outlive. And so mo- most of the dollars in inheritances will flow to women, which means we've just got this generation of wealthy women coming down the pike And we need to know how to manage our money to make it last as long as we do. We, um, the biggest fear that women have uh, is that we will run out of money before we run out of years that will, that will outlive our money. And so the book talks about how to deal with that. It talks about, I, I, asked women what you want, what we want from our money. I asked hundreds. And so the book is, is divided into answering all of those questions. You know, not only do we want to feel emotionally equipped to handle our money, but we want to leave a legacy. We want to help our kids. We want to be able to take care of our aging parents. We want to buy homes and start businesses. And by the way, feel safe and secure. And that means in many cases, dealing with the rising costs of healthcare. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's talk about that. So I obviously live in Canada. We have a very different system than the United States, but I have a lot of friends in the US and I hear about the costs of healthcare and it really, it shocks me quite honestly. I it's one of those things where it's an always a very interesting conversation because obviously us in Canada, we pay, you know, typically higher taxes, but it's because, you know, our health care um, is provided through the government. Um, yes, obviously it doesn't cover everything, but most things in the U.S., it is very kind of, it's a very different system. Do you want to, <laughs> for, for someone like me or for any can- Canadian listening, can you kind of explain just um, in general terms, how does the kind of health care system in the States kind of work? <laughs> work is work is a very very generous <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> word um, because because as anybody who's following the politics in our country knows there's there's an awful lot of um, there's an awful lot of disagreement about whether our healthcare system is working. What I what I can tell you is that healthcare costs in the U.S. have been rising. Um, well above the rate of inflation for many, many years. And when we look out into our futures, um, into retirement, we can predict the cost of housing. We can predict, uh, to to some extent, the cost of of driving a car and and food and utilities. Healthcare is the big wild card because as we live longer, and get into our 80s and 90s and beyond, those healthcare expenditures really, really start to rise. One of the newer tools that we have on in our arsenal, I mean, it, it falls 
into the category of something called consumer-directed healthcare is something called a health savings account. Over the last couple of years, the most um, the, the fastest growing type of health plan has been a high deductible health plan where um, your deductible is higher off the bat, um, but should you have a dire medical circumstance where you need a long-term hospitalization, you'll have the care for that from your insurance. For the earlier stuff, you pay for a lot of your medical expenses, prescriptions, appointments out of something called a health savings account, which you have the ability to open if you have a high deductible health plan. And health savings accounts work kind of like um, kind of like IRAs, kind of like 401ks, except they're in a, in a way even even better because they allow you to put money into them um, and get a tax deduction for making that contribution. You can invest the money once it's in those accounts, it grows. And then when you use the money to pay for medical expenses, you can pull it out and you don't have to pay taxes on it again. So sometimes you'll hear people say HSAs or health savings accounts are triple tax free. Um, the, the big benefit comes around if you put money into a health savings account this year and then you pull it out to pay for a doctor's appointment, um, you're effectively saving because of the tax benefits about 25% of the cost of that medical procedure because you're just, or that appointment, because you're just running the money through the account. But if you don't need the money and you can just put it in and invest it and let it grow, HSAs, health savings accounts can become sort of a supplemental account for retirement in this country. And, and that is a really great thing to um, put on your list of, of long-term goals, growing this additional pot of money for retirement. I, I should tell everybody, I mean, I know that you've got a lot of listeners in Canada, but you also have a lot of fans here in the United States. So for people who have one of these accounts, um, I'm actually... Uh, doing a live webcast on October 15th. Um, it's, it's for National Health Savings Account Awareness Day, National HSA Awareness Day. It's with a company called Wex Health. And if you want to tune in, it's free. If you want to tune in, you can register at hsaday.com. That's awesome. So now the costs of healthcare. So it just seems like from from what I understand from the people that I know who are living in the U.S., it can be sometimes life-changing. Um, like I have read things that even to um, give birth, you have to pay like tens of thousands of dollars, which in Canada that you don't. You just go to the hospital, right. you have a baby, and you're good to go. So what kind of typical healthcare costs can people expect in their lifetime, just a kind of like a high level. Cause I feel like, especially younger people, they're like, Oh, I'm healthy. I'm fine. I don't have to worry about this, but these things happen and they can be very expensive. So how do you start preparing now for these potential healthcare costs? I, I think that's a really good question. They, I, I, a number of years ago, New York magazine ran a story on, um, 
and on people who were just deciding because they were so young and so healthy to go without health insurance. So frightening to me um, in America. I mean, I know there are a lot of people, you know, the Americans listening are all um, like me thinking maybe it's time for a move across the border <laughs> because you guys definitely, you guys definitely have it, have it, um, have the advantage where, where healthcare is concerned. So I think the first thing, and it, it does sound like a lot of common sense is make sure you have a health insurance plan. And, and even if it is uh, a plan that's only going to cover you for those big expenses, what we tend to call an indemnity plan. Um, make sure that you have something. If you do go with a high deductible plan, then open the health savings account. A lot of people don't even open these accounts when they have the ability to open them. And if you then have a medical expense and you just want to run the money through the account to um, save the 25% that I was talking about, if you don't have the account open, you can't do it. So open the account and um, put a dollar in it if you don't have any more money than that. The, the better way to treat it is to start contributing to it automatically like you contribute to a retirement plan, a 401k or an IRA. Just put some money into it every single time you get paid. Some employers will do this these days through paycheck deduction, which is wonderful. Um, if you have the ability to let the money in your account grow, turn on the investment options and, and let them let them grow. And understand that every single year, the biggest cause of bankruptcies in this country are unexpected medical expenses. Every, every year. I mean, I've been looking at this for such a long time. So having some money put away for healthcare, whether it's in a health savings account or an emergency savings account, as well as health insurance, is just one of those things that allows you to deal with the fact that life happens and you don't want to let it get in the way of all of your other dreams and goals. Yeah, exactly. Because I know, and there's also that like Michael Moore documentary from several years ago where it kind of went more in depth of healthcare and the states and uh, kind of comparing it to a, a couple other countries that I found very fascinating. But yeah, like you said, a lot of people um, maybe aren't prepared and then they have some sort of healthcare issue they get a huge tax bill that they do not have the money for, and then they get into debt, and then it's hard to get. As anyone who's ever dealt with debt knows, it once you are in debt, it's hard to get out. It's really hard to get out, and <laughs> yeah. you know, no one wants to be pay. You know, it's it's just yeah, one of those things that I think it, it's unfortunate that you do have to take the initiative and save all your money yourself and pay for insurance and all this stuff. It is expensive, but I mean, the alternative is you know, not really good alternative. And we're not all on our own. Mm -hmm. So employers are still big contributors to healthcare in this country. Um, and so we shouldn't, we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't ignore that fact. And we also should pay more attention to the options that our employers offer us. This, this webcast that I'm doing on October 15th is, is very carefully timed in, in the United States. October, November is, is typically what we call open enrollment period. It's when your company, if you work for a, an employer, gives you the ability, typically larger employers, 
to change it up when it comes to the choices that you've made about your health plan or, or your retirement or other benefits that you've chosen to sign on to. And so, you know, pay attention to, to, um, to your benefits. Go to the benefits fair that your company has and really look at the value of all of these things that employers, employers are, you know, it's not just healthcare and retirement anymore. These days, employers are offering to repay some student loan debt. They have assistance programs for people who are dealing with aging parents. I mean, they know that, that benefits are one way to keep employees loyal and happy and, and, um, I, you know, it, it's frustrating to employers when they when they put a lot of money into these benefits and then people pay no attention. Yeah, no, totally. And that's the same goes for Canada, because if you work with an employer, I remember doing this, too. I always would get my benefits booklet, look through it and see what kind of things that they're giving me for free, like free massages or acupuncture or, you know, going to the yeah. dentist or, or whatever. It's like that is free money you're leaving on the table if you don't use it. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. My my friend Nancy Snyderman, who I used to work with on the Today Show, says dental care. She said the dentist is the window to the body or something mm-hmm. like that. And that you go to the dentist mm-hmm. twice a year. Exactly. Go to the dentist. And my other tip is like whenever, especially for for us millennials, because we do, you know, don't necessarily stay at companies for as long as other generations. If you feel like you're going to quit your job or go to another company, use all of your benefits from your first company because you may you may have that probationary (laughs) period at your next thing. That's what I did at every job. Like, oh, I think I'm preparing to leave. I better go to the dentist and get a massage and all those things. Exactly. I have never had a company that offered me a free massage. I just have to say. Oh, I'm sorry. It's it's nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm self-employed now, so I don't have that anymore. But when I had it, it was nice. Um, I'm sitting in the office with four women who work with me and for me. And now I know I'm going to be asked uh-oh. for free massages. <laughs> Um, I have a couple questions specifically about the HSA account. So you said it's very similar to an IRA and 401k. What are some of the specifics like limits? How much can you contribute every year? Is there a yearly limit? There is. Mm -hmm. um, This year for 2019, it's 3,000 if you're single and seven or 3,500 for a single person and um, 7,000 for a family. And that's going up. In 2020, it'll be, I believe, 3550 for singles and 7100 for families. People who are 55 and older can contribute another $1,000. Um, but the wrinkle there is if you have a family account, um, you actually have to have your own account in order to make a catch-up contribution. So you and your spouse may want to have separate ones once you hit age 55. Okay, interesting. And does that contribution kind of room start once you open the account or is it when you are a certain age or how does that kind of work? No, when you open it. Oh, okay. So that's when it starts to accumulate. So I guess if you want to have the most room, open it as soon as you can. Well, yeah, because you get you're able to make a contrib- contribution every single year, and you mentioned I know in Canada you have health spending accounts. Here in the U.S., we have flexible spending accounts, which are called FSAs, and a lot of people get them confused with HSAs. Our flexible spending accounts. Um, 
have to be, the money in them has to be used the year or a little bit after the year in which you contribute it or you lose that money. Health savings accounts are totally different. That money is yours. It goes with you. So they're, they're portable. And so when you say you do want to take money out of your health spending account, do you, I guess, have to use it on healthcare costs? You can't just use it on anything else? Because you mentioned like this could be kind of another retirement um, savings vehicle, but does it have to be specific money you have to earmark it for healthcare? So when you use it specifically for healthcare, you're not taxed on that money. Okay. All right. If you use it in retirement for things, uh, and, and if you don't use it for healthcare, you pay a penalty. If you use it in retirement for things other than healthcare, you no longer pay a penalty, but you'll pay taxes on that money as if it were money in a 401k. Uh, okay. It'll be treated just like money in a 401k. Oh, okay. So actually that is actually, yeah, very similar. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's actually pretty decent because, yeah, I was kind of uh, thinking if it's just for healthcare, then some may people maybe kind of um, uh, may not, you know, see kind of the value. But if it's basically like a secondary 401k, if you never use the money for healthcare, then why not? You get that tax deduction, you let that money grow if you're investing it. Then it can help you. In but here, here's the thing. Mm. So when we say healthcare, in we have to pay Medicare premiums. Um, and when we look at what a 65 year old person pays every year for their Medicare premiums and their prescription drugs and their other costs, it averages out to about five thousand dollars a year. Wow. And so, knowing that, you can sort of look at the money that you put into your HSA and think about it that way. And if you're letting the money in your HSA grow, and this gets a little complicated, but it's a really interesting benefit. So let me just try to spell it out. If you have medical expenses in real time, in you know today, tomorrow, this year, next year, and you pay for those out of pocket rather than pulling money out of your HSA, you can save your receipts forever. And then you can pay yourself back out of your HSA whenever you want. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. So the money can grow and you can pay yourself back later if you don't need to be using it now. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So I guess because there is this HSA day, so it's kind of an awareness campaign. So do not, not many people know about like health uh, savings accounts? Like, do you know what the percentage There's is? There's like, a lot of confusion. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, not enough people know enough about them. Are they new uh, or have they been around for a while? They're fairly new. Mm. Um, you know, we had medical savings accounts, medical spending accounts, MSAs for a little while. But these are, you know, these have really taken hold and people have a lot of, of questions and confusion. And, and, you know, just like it took people, I mean, 401ks have been around now 25 years mm -hmm. and it, it took people a long time to understand what they had there mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm not I'm not surprised mm -hmm. um, that people don't understand them and aren't using them to their full benefit. We know only six percent of people have turned on the ability to invest. Oh, really? In their in their HSAs, which is kind of silly. Yeah. So 
so yeah, so this is this is just an awareness day. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be using the hashtag #LoveMyHSA to sort of tell people about when and where they can find it, and and I hope people will will tune in. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for for sharing because I feel like this is a topic that. Uh, a pr- probably a lot of people listening have never heard of before. <laughs> it sounds like to me, if I were in the US, I'm like, well, that makes logical sense to me if it's, again, like an account that has lots of different uses, but um, it makes a lot more sense to me to use this than just like a regular savings account when there's no kind of tax uh, incentives there. Yeah. I mean, you know, the interest rates on it, we could have a whole nother mm. discussion on, on regular savings accounts mm. and, and how we should all be looking for more interest oh, than we can get at big banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. We're the same up here. I mean, it's if you're lucky, you can get 2% and you're like, that's that's inflation. So great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much for taking the time, Jean, to talk to me on the show. It was such a pleasure. Where can more people find information about HSAs if they want to do some research and also more information about you so they can listen to your podcast and grab a copy of one of your many, many books? I would point them for both to the same to the same place. Mm. Um, they should go to hermoney.com. And if they go to hermoney.com slash sign up, we'll get them on our mailing list um, and they'll start to get our, our newsletter and we'll be covering all of these things in the future. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me. It was a pleasure chatting with you. It was nice to chat with you too. Thanks so much. And that was episode 207 with Jean Chasky. Make sure to check out her website, hermoney.com. Also, she has, of course, her podcast called Her Money. And make sure to check out this show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 207. I am uh, going to include a bunch of information and resources about all the things that we talked about in this episode. So go to jessicamorehouse.com slash 207 to check that out. I, as of course, teased at the beginning of this episode, I'm going to be giving away copies of her book, uh, Uh, called Women With Money. So to find out how you can enter, well, just stick around. I just have a few words I want to share about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is supported by The Great Courses Plus. You've heard me say this before, the best time to start investing is today, and the same goes for investing in yourself. If you've always wanted to learn something, gain a new skill, or just get better at something, It's never too late, and today is the day to start doing it. Just take it from me. I started blogging eight years ago to learn digital marketing, and now I run my own online business. And I'm still continuing my education all the time because it's never been easier to learn. That's why I'm really excited to share with you the Great Courses Plus. It's an online library with courses on thousands of topics. You want to learn about the stock market? There's a course for that. You want to learn how to paint with watercolors? There's a course for that. You want to get better at photography, which is something I'm actually trying to work on on my downtime? Well, there's a course called Fundamentals of Photography that will teach you all about camera settings and how to take better photos taught by an award-winning National Geographic photographer. If you want to get started and see what kinds of courses there are, The Great Courses Plus is offering all Mo Money podcast listeners one free month of unlimited access to their entire library. Just visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash momoney to get access. Once again, that's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash momoney to get one free month. Okay, so... 
First, uh, if you want to win a copy of Jean Chasky's latest book, Women with Money, go to jessicamorehouse.com slash contest or check out the show notes for the link to enter. I'm also giving away uh, copies of last week's guest, Cameron Huddleston, her uh, book, Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk. I'm giving away copies of that book and also other books. So just go to that website, jessicamorehouse.com slash contest to find out all of the books that I'm giving away. You can enter all of them. But of course, you can only, you know, enter once. Uh, but uh, there's, you know, very good chance you will win. Why not? Why not? You've got two seconds. Just enter the contest. Um, as I also mentioned in last week's episode, I'm going to be doing a live event in Toronto called the Millennial Money Meetup that I've been doing for several years now. Tickets are finally now on sale. So go to millennialmoneymeetup.com for tickets. Uh, you can also just, sh- sh- you know, probably check my Twitter or any kind of social channel for a link or Google Millennial Money Meetup. Um, but yeah, tickets are on sale and every single event I've ever done has sold out. So you're going to want to get on it if you want to come. It is so much fun. This event is going to focus on the very important topic of debt and credit and how we can be smarter with credit and how we can crush our debt. I've got Rubina Amidhaku has been on the show. I think it's been a while, actually. I should have her back on. A uh, good friend of mine. She is a financial, uh, w- very well-known financial journalist and uh, money expert. She will be joining me. And uh, the wonderful people at uh, Capital One are sponsoring this event. So they will also have a credit expert on the panel as well. And again, food and drinks and uh, mixing and mingling. And you get to meet me. And we're going to have so much fun. I really hope to see you there. Also, uh, today, I know this is like no notice at all, guys, but this is why I tell you to get on my email list. Um, I am doing a webinar uh, in conjunction with TD. So it's actually on their platform with their um, host. It is all about how to ramp up your investing confidence with myself, Jessica Morehouse, Wednesday, October 9th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Um, if you just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash TD webinar, it will take you to the registration page. Um, if you're like, uh, it's like, past 1 p.m. Eastern time, so I missed it. You can actually um, still sign up and I believe you will get access to the on-demand version. So it won't be live. You can't ask your questions live, but you can watch the whole thing. Um, So hopefully uh, you'll be able to do that, but that's fun. And uh, I've also been getting some requests for me to do some more webinars. So I definitely have plans to do that in the future, in the future coming weeks, you know, I mean, soon. Okay. Do I actually have plans? No. No. Is it on my like whiteboard? Hey, you should do this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming. It's coming. I'll let you know. Don't you worry. Um, But that being said, if there is some specific things that you want me to talk about or answer, if you got any questions, I'm very nice. You can just email me directly, Jessica at JessicaMorris.com. I answer every single freaking email, especially from podcast listeners, because I love you so much. So let me know what you want it to be about. I uh, have a lot of ideas, but I'd love to know what uh, you think. So, so yeah, so that's it. Um, also, and if you can't go to that millennial money meetup, and if you can't watch this TD webinar for whatever reason. I am also doing a couple other free events in conjunction with the Toronto Public Library. Um, all of the different ones I will be doing, well, A, you can probably find them on the Toronto Public Library website, um, or if you just Google it. But 
If you go to jessicamoras.com slash community, that is where I have information about like my Facebook group, my events and all that stuff. And I also have a running list of all the past events I've done and upcoming events. I try to keep it as updated as possible, but I do have all the library events listed on there. In general, you just need to know the time and the location. You can like call them and say you're coming, but it doesn't really matter. You can just come and show up. It's not like they're not going to like turn you away. It's fine. You can just come. Um, so yeah, anyway, so those are some of the things happening soon. And I hope I can see you at uh, one of these. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Of course, I'll be back here next Wednesday with a new episode. Until then, have a awesome rest of your week and, you know, take it easy on the weekend, you know, chill, do some self-care, get that facial mask out. Yeah, I know that's not what self-care is about, but you know what? I'm, I'm basic and I like a facial mask. I've got to say, I've got to say. So anyways, see you next week for that new episode. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.